Well, big news yesterday that Colorado is expected to finalize their move to the Big 12 today. And if I were the Big 12, I'd be calling Oregon right now. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day and your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks. If you have not already, please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review wherever you listen to or watch this show, especially on YouTube, on the podcast as well. But on YouTube, we're trying to get to 3,000 by the time this season starts, which is going to feel like an even further ways away because of the news that dropped yesterday, and we get to dive into all that stuff today. Colorado, according to Brett McMurphy and Stuart Mandel and Ross Dellinger and everybody else, yeah, they're often uh, they're often going back over to the Big Twelve, and you know they did have quite the tenure in uh, the Pac-12. You know, we'll get one year of Dion. I mean, they reached a conference title game and had two winning seasons, so it's a real crushing blow to the depth of the Pac-12. But it can be a crushing blow to the Pac-12, not because of the move itself, but more of what could happen after the move. So there are three there are three different universes, if you believe in the multiverse, so to speak. Here are the three universes that I routinely think about. There's what I want to happen. There's what I think will happen. And then there's what I would do if I were in somebody else's shoes. Now, Brett Yormark today is feeling pretty darn good because he appears to have gotten a Power 5 school to jump from the Pac-12 over to the Big 12. They have what's called a pro rata or pro rata, however you want to pronounce it, con- or clause in their contract for their media rights deal that says Colorado will get a full share. ESPN and Fox are going to pay for them you know, because it's a Power 5 school and they're willing to do that. So all of that looks really, really good right now. But if I am Brett Yormark, there is no reason to not stay on the hunt, to not be on the prowl. It is a dog-eat-dog world right th- right now. Hunt or be hunted, and the Big 12 is hunting, and the Pac-12 feels like the prey rather than the predator. And if you're the Big 12, heck, why not? So as you look at what remains in the Pac-12, Oregon, in several ways is a great fit in the Big 12 from the Big 12's perspective. That's the world in which I'm operating from. The world in which I want is one in which Texas and Oklahoma never leave the Big 12, USC and UCLA never leave the pack. But that's not the world that we have, so let's operate in the world of, if I'm Brett, you are Mark. I am looking at the remaining schools in the pack and saying, okay, I have struck another blow to their league. The Big 10 did a lot of the legwork to put them in a vulnerable position vulnerable position, but boy, I have really started to up the ante on, hey, is this league going to continue to exist? So part of the reason I've talked about this a lot over on Locked on Pac-12, which you should go check out. The show that I dropped last night is full of thoughts about this very matter and what could happen next for the Pac-12 and such. So part of the reason that I've been skeptical at the idea of schools jumping over to the Big 12 or that I didn't think they wanted to jump over to the Big 12 is that because who votes on realignment? Presidents. Presidents' interests are multifaceted. And whether or not you would place a higher priority on athletics 
compared to academics, which are superior in the pack, but athletics might not be trending in that direction if more schools start to jump. We will have to wait and see. But if you are a university that wants to place a higher priority on athletics and academics, then you would ignore the academic advantages of being in the pack and say, yeah, okay, we're going to go over to the Big 12. And Colorado, their patience wore thin. The media deal has not been finished. They were tired of waiting. They want stability. They're trying to usher in a new era there in Boulder. And so they have said, you know what? Fine, we're, we're, we're done. We're done trying to do this stuff. We know what we can have over here, and we don't know what we have here. And we've given the Pac-12 time, and we don't want to do that. So Colorado is going to go over there. Now, there are schools, I believe, within the Pac-12 that would not go to the Big 12 because of the academic and cultural differences that exist between the two leagues, which are undeniable and they're a reason that you know i've long suggested that you know a big 12 pac 12 merger would be really really fun but i don't think pac 12 presidents would ever go for it however oregon stands out in that sense because oregon is not a premier academic institution compared to the other ones in the pack they are not close research dollars academic standards they're not on that sort of level now they are an aau institution the Association of American Universities, which is a collection of, uh, of schools, primarily, I believe, or exclusively the Division I level that are committed to a certain level of uh, you know, academic and research funding and all this sort of stuff, and that share that sort of vision. But Oregon, I believe, does the least amount of research of any school in the pack. And those numbers cor correspond much more or align much more, is a better way of putting it, with what schools do in the Big 12. Heck, I think they're even behind what schools do there. It's just not a big part of the University of Oregon at this point in time, which isn't to say there aren't great programs there, which isn't to say there's nothing that goes on academically at the school. Of course, there are components to that. But to suggest that Oregon is in the same category as Stanford, Cal, Washington, or until very recently, USC and UCLA, no. No, they are not. So the reason that if I'm Brett Yormark, I'm going after Oregon is twofold. Number one, are they a university that is going to dismiss the notion of going there for academic reasons? I do not believe so. I think that it is a school that is very athletics driven. It's very athletic oriented. And if they feel that their best path to success on the football field and the best chance for them to gain stability exists in the Big 12. And that the Pac-12 instability is not something they're willing to put up with because of everything else that is going is it, it go, you know that goes on across the across the conference. Yeah, I think Oregon would consider it. Because they are an athletics-driven school. They're not an academically-driven school. Stanford and Cal. Washington, I think, is kind of somewhere in the middle there. Those are more academically-oriented universities that, look, in a very kind of ivory tower elitist way, look down upon the Big 12 at some level and would not merge with them for that reason. But Oregon? I don't think they're that sort of school. That's just my sense I don't have that source with anybody at the university or anything like that. 
That is my opinion. That's what this show mostly is. My opinions. And I'm glad that you're interested in them. So that's the first reason. And the second reason, if I am Brett Yormark, is you could trigger a mass exodus from actually, I'm sorry, there are three reasons. I just thought of a third one as I was recording the show. The second one is if you were to get Oregon, it would trigger a mass exodus from the pack. Because if you are a conference, which is more than just an alignment of football teams, but that is certainly a principal component of what being in a conference is, and that matters a great deal to university presidents who vote on realignment, then losing what is now one of, if not your flagship school from a football standpoint that has won your conference championship, technically four, but I always say three and a half times, and has been on another occasion, and is your is one of two programs to go to the playoff, and is the only program to play in the national championship in the last 15 years? Can you survive that? Would other schools stand by? Hard to see how they would. So if you were to grab Oregon, other schools would even more seriously look around and say, do we need to just go over there? Do we, do, do we need to just hightail it to the Big 12? Because that's where all the stuff is going. So that's the, uh, that's the second reason. Now, the third reason doesn't have anything to do with LinkedIn jobs. But you know what does? Finding the most qualified candidates for your position. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Go in there, create a free job post in minutes, add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can focus on who you want to hire and quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview before making said hire. So go check out LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You know, I'd already recorded a show for today. Thought I was done with Oregon podcasts. And then Colorado said, hey, you might want to talk about this thing over here. So that's the second, second segment sip that I have taken today. Brian Smith on tomorrow's show to talk about recruiting. So, boring old recruiting. Yeah, not boring whatsoever. So, the third reason that I would go after Oregon if I'm Brett Yormark is when you look at the brand of the Ducks in the football program right now that just extended their head coach another year, that recruits at a high level, that brings you the West Coast time zone. That's technically a fourth reason. The television numbers that Oregon has drawn over the last couple of seasons 
When you remove Texas and Oklahoma and would compare them to the rest of the Big 12, are either the best or second best. I think it's them and TCU that kind of go back and forth on that front. But Oregon gets a lot of television viewers. And you would be bringing in a valuable television product to your conference in a way that would place them at or near the top of the conference in terms of the strength of their brand and the strength of the football program. So all of those factors line up to me to say, if I am Brett Yormark, this is not what I would like him to do, but if I were him, that's how I would be thinking. I would be saying, hey, can we go get Oregon? Because we know that Brett Yormark wants to get out west. He's got two teams in the mountain time zone now. He doesn't have one in the Pacific time zone. But if he were to get Oregon as his first one, who knows what else would follow? You could have any nut. You could drop a lot of different scenarios. And if I'm George Klyovkov, I am doing whatever I can to some... I, I don't know how at this point you can reassure the Pac-12 board or that the Pac-12 board can reassure George Klyovkov of literally anything. So Rob Mullins said on the record not that long ago that he wasn't concerned about schools moving. And Stuart Mandel had this summed up uh, really well in, in, in a tweet. Just five days ago on possible defectors, George Klyovkov, the Pac-12 commissioner, said, quote, it's not a concern. Rob Mullins, our athletic director, said, quote, I'm not losing any sleep over that. And the take from Mandel, and he is correct, is you know either they've been caught off guard again as they were with USC and UCLA, and this was all done behind closed doors, or they are truly not concerned if Colorado leaves because they don't think that anyone else will follow. Now, as it pertains to the Pac-12, if you're talking from a football standpoint, USC and UCLA, those were blows to the conference, no doubt. Sure, they have one combined conference championship between them on the football field, but still, the prospect of having Lincoln Riley there and Chip Kelly at UCLA, that was a blow. It was much more a blow in the media space losing the LA market than it was on the actual football field. But Colorado is not as big of a market, though it's a, a solid one to be sure, one that you'd prefer not to lose if you're the pack. But it doesn't compare to LA, and from a football standpoint, Colorado's been a doormat. They have one winning season in which they've played a 12-game campaign in the Pac-12. They had a 4-2 record in COVID. Whoop-dee-doo. I said at the start of the show, Oregon's won three and a half Pac-12 championships, and I barely even give it a half. So it's not like from a pedigree standpoint, like the optimism around Colorado and what they could be in the Pac-12 was surrounded or was predicated upon the potential of Deion Sanders and how he can recruit and the players he can bring and all that sort of stuff. It wasn't predicated on, oh my gosh, the Pac-12 is losing another conference contender. No, Colorado has stunk since joining the Pac-12. The reason that the move 
is causing so much hubbub and such on shows like this one and countless others across the country and all these pieces and all this attention and whatnot is because of the momentum that it creates. My favorite TV show of all time, The West Wing, there's this great episode where Josh Lyman is running Matt Santos's campaign and they start to pick up momentum and he comes out the door and there's a gif of this as well. And it's gif, not jif for all you psychopaths out there that are, uh, you know, incorrectly quoting it as a type of peanut butter. Absolutely absurd. But there's a gif out there of Josh Lyman, Bradley Whitford, the actor, coming out and saying, got momentum, baby. We got the big mo. That's what the Big 12 has right now. They've got the big mo. They don't actually have a leading candidate to come into their conference. Colorado right now, if they went to the Big 12, you know where they'd be picked? Close to last, along with Kansas. You know where they're picked in the Pac-12? It close to last, along with Stanford. Like Arizona State's got a higher win total than Colorado this year. Did you know that? Now, part of that is because of Colorado's schedule, to be fair. Though Arizona State has got a legit Power 5 team on, on their schedule too, but they don't have two of them. So that could be a component of it. But it's not as if Colorado at this point in time is a world beater, is a dominant conference team. Like they're winning conference championships. The potential is there. They have great support. They have great fans. Now they have an exciting coach. But nothing is actually materialized on the football field yet. So if you're talking about you know the gut punch to the Pac-12 from a pure football standpoint, pure football, just to be clear, for everybody in the comment section, because those can go in all sorts of different directions, that can misinterpret people's words, want to be very clear. From a pure football standpoint, the Pac-12 is losing nothing here. But from a conference standpoint, they are losing a team and they have once again not only failed to capture momentum, they have anti-momentum. They are on the wrong side of a 12-0 run in the NBA playoffs. And they're on the road. Crowd is howling, going nuts. You need to call a timeout. The problem is it looks like George Klyovkov is out of timeouts. And I don't know what sort of pitch he can make to Oregon and anybody else who'd be interested in the Big 12, which I imagine would be basically everybody, because that is the sort of place that has got momentum. And you don't want to feel left behind, irrelevant, discarded, forgotten, these are not terms you want to have surrounding your university and college athletics. Whether you're a football-heavy school or a basketball-heavy school, it doesn't matter. That is not what you want to feel. And that is why the interest could be very real. And this is likely to play out very quickly. And I'm most intrigued to see what happens. So I think the Big 12 could be... There are only two places Oregon can be playing football in 2024. It appears right now as I record this show. Subject to change because what isn't subject to change nowadays? The answers are the pack, whatever it would be, or the Big 12. Time and again, and I have discussed this several times, I know people wanted to lose their minds over a picture of a couple of mascots on Instagram. Ay ay ay. What a world to live in, where we have to make it clear that mascot pictures are not how realignment moves get announced. Just to go back to that for just a moment, 
for those of you who thought, like, why are you saying this sort of stuff? What if it isn't this? Did Ralphie's Instagram account drop the first hint that Colorado was going to the Big 12? Or was it, you know, reporters? I think it was the second one. Anyway, so the Big 10, that question came up again when Colorado announced or when it was reported that Colorado was going to announce it hasn't technically been finalized yet as I record the show but it's expected to today as this show is airing at a board meeting and such so the big 10 that question is coming up again for a very valid reason that reason is that if the big 10 were to suddenly change its mind and go after more West Coast schools, the desperation of the pack and the chaos has, has, in theory, not in practice because nothing is materialized, but in theory, it has made schools like Oregon or Washington or Stanford or Cal, the only schools that would be potential targets for the Big Ten, maybe Utah, it has made them more desperate. Thus... In theory, they could welcome them into the conference at an even greater reduced rate. So the Big, Tw- the Big Ten media deal is going to pay $75 million per school per year. If Oregon and Washington in April had been willing to accept an offer that, again, never materialized and was never close to materializing uh, based on anything that we've seen, if they had been willing to accept, and they probably would have, let's say a $40 million offer, perhaps now that would come down to 35. Maybe they would even take 33. I think that's a valid question to ask. However, every indication from a variety of credible reporters and the Big Ten Commissioner, Tony Petiti, has spoken on this as well, is that their desire is not not to add more West Coast schools at this time. And even as all this was going down, I saw a variety of uh, of people reporting saying, yeah, the Big Ten is not going to suddenly come into play here. So don't get your hopes up on that front. It's the pack, whatever it'll end up being, if it does continue end up being. I've been more on the pack optimist side But this calls into question, I talk about this extensively, if you want to go check it out on Locked On Pack 12 on the second show that I dropped yesterday, very much calls into question the Pac-12's ability to survive. But for Oregon, it'll be the Pac or the Big 12. The Big 10, people can try and talk themselves into that. Every indication right now, again, Anything can be subject to change. This seems to be evolving on an hour-by-hour basis. My phone was crazy, crazy, crazy yesterday with people texting me stuff and sending me stuff and calling me and telling me this, that, and the other thing. I would watch for Oregon to the Big 12, not the Big 10, if they do end up leaving the pack, and I don't think that's guaranteed either. We have to watch to see how this stuff plays out. Now, last thing for today is what should we want? And frankly, it'll come down to personal preference. Some of you listening to this want Oregon to get invited to the Big Ten. Some of you would like us to go to the Big 12. And some people like myself, even after the Colorado news, 
I'd prefer to stay in the pack because like I said earlier, I am not, I, I, I fully understand the mismanagement and the chaos and the dysfunction that exists in the pack at this point in time. However, my argument has always been predicated upon Oregon's path to a conference championship and therefore the playoff is the clearest in the Pac-12 or Pac-10, whatever it ends up being. Removing Colorado from that equation changes nothing. Nothing about that. Because when I was thinking about the pedigree of the conference to still be sufficient enough to be considered a Power 5 and be considered a legitimate conference when compared to the rest of the conferences in the country, specifically, frankly, the ACC and the Big 12, Colorado was never factoring into that calculation. When I was thinking about the future and how good the conference could be, I'm looking at Oregon, Washington, Utah as your flagship programs, and then an Oregon State is you know right there trying to get themselves into the upper tier consistently. We've seen signs from Jonathan Smith's squad, but we haven't seen them sustain it yet. We'll see if they're able to. An Arizona State could pop up. A new team like San Diego State or SMU, could they suddenly join the pack and become a good team? That's the conference I was thinking about. And yeah, Colorado was in the mix to be one of those teams that could be a riser, but they weren't the only team that I was looking at as a fourth potential conference contender. Like perennially, in the pack going forward, if I told you right now, who are the conference contenders? You're going to go Oregon, Washington, Utah. And frankly, you should go Oregon, Utah, Washington, or Utah. Actually, Utah is a two-time defending champs. It should be Utah and then Oregon slash Washington in whatever order you want. It's an Oregon show. So we'll go Utah, Oregon, Washington. Those are your conference contenders going forward. Colorado was never going to shake that up. They could have joined the party one day in two or three years, but that was never going to be now. And them leaving does not affect, in the short term, the strength of the league. And the other thing, too, is you're anticipating that Colorado is going to be good. They have the potential to because Dion can recruit. I'm not denying any of that. But what I am looking at is the fact that I've still never seen Colorado in today's world be built into a consistent contender. Is Dion different? Maybe. Have you seen him coach a Power 5 football game yet? Because I haven't. I've seen Jed Fish do it, though. If you told me right now, who's more likely to be a conference contender in 2024, Arizona or Colorado? I'll take the Wildcats. I will take the Wildcats. Like George Banks said in Father of the Bride, I will have the chipper chicken. Because Colorado still has a long way to go. And And I'm just listing Arizona as an example. Arizona State could be a riser. I've long described them as a sleeping giant in the pack because they kind of are. Arizona, that kind of applies, but also it's a little bit different there. I could see Stanford getting back to being relevant. That might take some time, the way that Oregon State has taken some time. I could see Oregon State being a a, a consistent contender year in and year out, the way that Wisconsin is in the Big Ten. I could absolutely see that. So, That's all the fallout reaction that I've got right now as I record the show. I'll probably have more as I'm lying in bed sleeping tonight and just thinking about all this sort of stuff and all the different ramifications. But you got to stay in tune with the news. I'll keep you up to date as best I can. Always. 
And as you know, I'm always available to talk with any and all of you. YouTube comments, which despite the craziness, I will continue to monitor because I'm a man of my word. But the best way, frankly, to get in touch with me right now, because YouTube comments are very, very hectic on all my videos at the moment with all this sort of stuff, at Smalls underscore 55 or at Locked on Ducks. DMs and mentions, wide open, always Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time. Recruiting talk tomorrow. It'll try to feel normal, but we'll just have to see. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, no matter what, go Ducks.